<coughs> yeah, that seems good. And is that correct, or does it go on the right hand side? It might be upside down. No, I don't know. Allow me to take a quick excursion into the somewhat recent history of this meditation center um, of IMS. The Venerable Sadhu Pandita Bhivansat of Burma, who was a long-standing disciple of Fatna the Venerable Mahasi Sayadaw of Fatna Burma taught a three-month retreat here at Satna IMS in 1984. And this Satna retreat was followed by a number of Fatna other you know, retreats that Satna the Venerable Nesada taught at Satna the retreat center of IMS. Upon the completion of Satna, the construction of Satna, this very center here, namely the Forest Satna Refuge, the Venerable Nesada Pandita Biwamsa of Fatna Burma in 2003 was invited to come and teach the re inaugural retreat uh, here. And that Satna retreat in 2003 then was followed by another retreat in 2005. After many decades of um, committed teaching the Dhamma in Burma and Satna abroad, the Venerable Sadhu Pandita Bhimamsa of Satna Burma passed away on April 16th, 2016. Some of Fatna, you will know this, others might not be aware of this. As a way of honoring the Venerable Nesadu Pandita Nabiwamsa, I would like to open this Satna retreat with words that the Venerable Sadhu Pandita used to, typically used during retreat opening talks, namely, even though all of you who have 
come here to the forest refuge from some from closer by, others from a little bit further from within the US, from Canada, from Vietnam, from places such as Israel, from Thailand, even from New Zealand, to name just a few, there's probably more. So even though we have come to this retreat from geographically different certain places, and we're also coming from different cultural backgrounds, and speaking different certain languages, calling different, uh, calling different languages our mother tongues. Yet, as we dwell on the same globe, and are these days closely connected to one another by social media, it would be fair enough to say that certainly we are global relatives. Now, we are related to one another in yet another way, namely, to first refer to a passage from the Samyutta Nikaya, it's the second volume, section 189-290. And there it says, translation by Venerabhikkhu Bodhi, at Sawati. Because Bhikkhunis and lay retreatants, this samsara, this cycle of existence, is without discoverable beginning. It is not easy to find a being who, in this long course, has not previously been your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your son, your daughter. For what reason? Because this samsara is without discoverable beginning. So in other words, in the course of Fatna Samsara, this extends over uh, many, many uh, existences. We have all been related to one another in uh, various ways. Hence, we can say that we are related as Samsara relatives. But uh, our being related to one another can be extended even further. Namely, we have come to this certain very retreat center out of a deep 
appreciation for the Dhamma, wanting to practice in accordance with the Dhamma. And this too then connects us in yet another way. And thus, we can say, rightly say, that certainly we are, even though we're coming from different certain countries, etc., yet we are uh, Dhamma relatives. And hopefully, in the course of this retreat, we will become even um, closer Dhamma relatives and uh, hopefully we can uh, practice with um, an appreciation for each, for one another and certainly also with a deep consideration for others' needs. Now, the Chandana Sutta of the Samyutta Nikaya, the Sagata Waga, the Devaputta Samyutta, contains this short Satna discourse that very nicely sums up the path to liberation. And that Satna highlights some of the major qualities that Satna will be needed, that we will need to develop. Now, the discourse is certainly quite short. Allow me to give you this first in the Pali scriptural language and then in English translation. Ekamantam titako chandano devaputo bhagavantam gataya ajabasi katam sutarati ogam ratantiva matandito apatite analambe ko Gambirena sidatiti Sabada sila sampano panyawa susamahito aradavirio pahitato ogam tarati dutaram virato kamasanyaya rupasamyojanatiko nandi araga parikino so gambire nasidati. The meaning of Fatna this is standing to one side, the young Devata Chandana addressed the Blessed One in verse. Who here crosses over the flood, unwearying by day? and night, who does not sink in the deep without support, without a hold. So this is certainly the 
question verse uh, asked by you know, the young Devata. To this, the Blessed One replied in two verses, namely, the first one being, One, always perfect in virtue, endowed with wisdom, well concentrated, one energetic and resolute crosses the flood so hard to cross. And the verse, uh, the second verse is as follows One who desists from sensual perception, who has overcome the fetter of forms, who has destroyed the light in existence, he or she does not sink in the deep. Now, allow me to explain some of the not-so-familiar terms, starting with the term Olga um, in Pali, which translates as flood. Who here, the Devata asked, crosses over the flood? The word flood is used metaphorically, but here with technical overtones to designate a doctrinal set of four floods, so-called according to the Nasarata Bhakasini's commentary to the Nasamyuta Nikaya, because they keep beings submerged within the round of existence and do not allow them to rise up to higher states and to Nibbana. Therefore, we speak of flood. And there are four of those. The first one being the flood of sensuality, Kamoga. And this refers to the desire and the lust for the five courts of sensual pleasure, namely agreeable forms, agreeable sounds, and so on. Secondly, the flood of existence, Bhavoga, and this referring to the desire and lust for form, sphere, existence, and formless sphere, existence, and attachment to the jhanas. Then, as number three, we have the flood of views, date auga, in the Pali scriptural language, and this refers to the 62 kinds of views as enumerated in the long discourses of the Buddha. And finally, there's the flood of ignorance, avijoga, in the Pali scriptural language. And Satna that refers to a lack of knowledge regarding to the four noble truths.
Now, with regard to these floods, they are they refer to unwholesome mental states and they sweep beings away into the ocean of existence and so therefore they're hard to cross. In a different passage we find the following further information, namely that this noble Eightfold Path is to be developed for direct knowledge of these four floods, for the full understanding of them, for their utter destruction, for their abandoning. And one of Futna, the noble path factors is right mindfulness, some sati in the Pali scriptural language. And of course, there are others and we'll get to know them over time. Now, in the first, in the verse, Utter or spoken by the young Devata, we have the expression without support, without a hold in Pali, apatite analambe. And this, then the commentary explains by saying there below one there one below one uh, one is without a support and above one is without a hold so to better understand this just imagine yourselves you know, ending up uh, in a very powerful uh, current or deep, uh, uh, deep river, and sudden you find yourself in the middle of Fatna, that Satna river, and Satna you want to hold on to something solid, and there's uh, above you nothing to hold on to, below you there's nothing tangible, nothing solid to stand on to support yourself. So as human beings, as we're going through the cycle of birth and death, we are in certain ways in the same position. We may think that we have something to, uh, something as a support, something to hold on to, but are these certain things really all that reliable? So 
to expand just a little bit, we may think, we may place our hope for um, happiness in you know, the indulgence in you know, material indulgence consume and consume of material items, but sooner or later this gets this might get boring. <laughs> and it might also <laughs> not provide you with certain the type of ha really profound happiness that you might be looking for. Anyways, the Buddha then defines what he means by a person who manages to cross over this flood where there is nothing you know, to support or a flood that does not give us any support nor anything to hold on to. And he says, this person, a person who you know, does manage to cross you know, this flood so hard to cross, such a person will always be perfect in virtue. So this is a reference to what? Sila. To Sila, that's correct. So early on at the outset of this opening talk, we've taken the, we've recited the eight precepts and we will meticulously keep those, observe those eight precepts. This will bring about already a major change in terms of our physical and verbal conduct. Namely, it will become more and more refined, more and more cultivated. Now, the Buddha goes on to state further qualities with which should ideally we should be equipped or you know, qualities that we should certainly first of all develop. Then the next one here in Pali is given as Susamahito which refers to concentration and Susamahito translates as well concentrated. The mind in its untrained stage is a mind that is not necessarily concentrated, but rather distracted. And there are plenty of distractions these days. If we want to cross this flood so hard to cross, we will need to focus certainly the mind more and more and ensure that it becomes certainly unified, one-pointed. Now, being established on virtue Further, having developed 
a well-concentrated mind in conjunction with another quality, namely Arada Virio, and furthermore, um, a quality given as Paitato, namely being resolute, and resolute here refers to having a fixed aim or purpose in our spiritual endeavor, this satna then will allow for the arising of intuitive wisdom. Now, before talking about satna wisdom, allow me to just briefly touch on Aradha Virya. This particular Pali term has been defined in the Samyutta Nikaya, namely its Satna second volume, section 276, in a discourse entitled The Barrel. And here the Buddha gives advice to Venerable Mahamogalana, one of the Buddha's Satna chief disciples. And he says, Hear, Mogalana, a bhikkhu or a bhikkhuni or a lay retreatant with energy aroused dwells thus. Willingly let only my skin, sinews, and bones remain, and let the flesh and blood try, dry up in my body, but I will not relax my energy so long as I have not attained what can be attained by humanly strength, by humanly energy by humanly exertion. It is in such a way, Mogalana, that one has aroused energy. Now, during this retreat, please, if we will not go as far as the Buddha is suggesting to Elder Mogalana, if you do manage on occasion to face a strong pain in your meditation practice and the body starts sweating a little bit, and if on occasion you do manage to face a difficult mental state and you do manage to even overcome it and you keep going your practice, we can say um, with confidence that Arata Virio or you're fulfilling this particular quality of fitness, strenuous effort. And so if we manage to do this without certain immediately giving up and we continue with our practice, then when we are on the right satna track. So possessing these qualities of virtue, of a strenuous 
of strenuous effort, being well concentrated as well as certain resolute will quite naturally result in the arising of intuitive wisdom, banya in the Pali scriptural language. And the Blessed One then states that it is such a one, such a person who possesses these qualities, who will manage to cross the flood so hard to cross. Now, the in the second verse goes a step further in describing yet other qualities or conditions that need to be fulfilled to cross this flood and not to sink in the deep. Namely, one who desists from sensual perception, who has overcome the fetter of form, one who has de destroyed delight in existence, such a one does not sink in the deep. And here the term sensual perception, kama sanya in Pali, implies the five lower fetters, and the Pali term rupa samyojana in English, fetter of form, refers to the five higher fetters. So the five lower fetters are, um, or, or, will be extinguished in an anagami. The five higher fetters will be completely extinguished in an arahant. And one who has destroyed delight in existence, this certainly here, according to the commentary, refers to the three kinds of kamic volitional formations, namely demeritorious ones, meritorious ones, and imperturbable volitional formations. So, in other words, one who has abandoned Satna the ten fetters and the three kinds of coming formations does not sink in the deep in the great flood. Simply put, an arahant does not sink in the great flood. In the course of this retreat, the qualities outlined 
in or some of certain of the qualities outlined certain especially or qualities outlined especially in this in the Buddha's first uh, um, reply uh, verse will be explained in greater uh, detail. Now, just briefly, virtue is of great importance for spiritual practice, and the aim and the main benefit of meticulously observing ethical code of conduct consists in non-remorse. So if one is not transgressing in one way or another, there's nothing one has to reproach oneself for. There's nothing to criticize oneself for. Nor does one risk being uh, criticized uh, by others. To be established in virtue will also ensure that the mind certainly will not be unnecessarily agitated. And certain not being agitated allows Satna for the arising of concentration. Now, in the course of intensive mindfulness Satna meditation or Satipatthana meditation, as Satna originally explained certainly by the Buddha in the Satipatthana Sutta and certain other related certain discourses and following the further explanations by the Venerable Masi Saido of Fatna Burma and as certainly transmitted by the Venerable Saido Pandita Bhivams of Burma. So in that certain tradition, if we keep observing Predominant, uh, the predominant object, starting with the rising and falling movement of Fatna, the abdomen, and then every time the mind is focused on the most predominant object and staying you know, there for a moment or two or even longer, well, with that already, you know, some momentary concentration will be uh, present. It is uh, with uh, the observance of presents that we can overcome the so-called transgressive defilements. It is with the presence of concentration that we can overcome the obsessive defilements which manifest in the mind and do not as yet transgress, do not lead to transgression by way of bodily misconduct or verbal misconduct. So 
this much is certainly good, but not good enough. What remains are you know, the so-called latent you know, defilements which lie dormant in the stream of certain consciousness and certain you know, those you know, cannot be touched you know, by uh, observing precepts nor you know, by developing you know, states of certain you know, strong concentration, but only you know, through you know, the development of intuitive certain you know, wisdom. And this we will do in the course of Fatna, this uh, uh, one month long meditation retreat here at the Forest Refuge. Now, before giving you just the very gist of Fatna, the Satipatthana instructions, allow me to highlight one um, uh, uh, important factor. Namely, please do recognize, first of all, the preciousness of your ability to come here and attend this certain very retreat and also the preciousness of having such a wonderful meditation center. And it's only because of a number of factors and that have come you know, together. People who had this idea, Joseph, who had the Joseph Goldstein, who had the idea to set up you know, this center, and certainly many people who you know, then helped uh, realize you know, this idea. It's only because of this, and volunteers who are you know, serving here at the center, people who uh, are committed certainly you know, to the center, to the yogis who come here to support them in every possible way. Because of these conditions, uh, we have an opportunity uh, to practice here. And so, on occasion, please do reflect on the preciousness of these certain conditions, and uh, then let that certainly be a motivation uh, to keep going in your uh, mindfulness practice. Now, since some of you, many of you, will have traveled quite a lot to come to this place, I will not go much further except to briefly give you the gist of the instructions as given in the Satipatthana Sutta and that will be it for tonight and we will meet again tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock from 8 to 8.45 and additional instructions much more detailed of course will be given at that certain point in time and at that point you will hopefully have had a good night certain rest, the mind will be fresh and alert and will be ready to absorb the instructions in detail. So, the Satipatthana Sutta states the following, Hear, 
Oh, retreatants, a retreatant dwells, contemplating the body in the body, ardent, clearly comprehending and mindful, having removed covetousness and discontent in regard to the world. One dwells contemplating feelings in feelings, ardent, clearly comprehending, having removed, uh, clearly comprehending and mindful, having removed covetousness and discontent in regard to the world. Further, one dwells contemplating mind in mind, ardent, clearly comprehending, and mindful, having removed covetousness and discontent in regard to the world. And lastly, one dwells contemplating dhammas, phenomena in dhammas, ardent, clearly comprehending, and mindful, having removed covetousness and discontent in regard to the world. So, until, definitely until tomorrow morning, and even far beyond that, now that now please you know, try to you know, be uh, mindful you know, when you go back you know, to your you know, rooms and suddenly then get ready you know, for you know, bed. And up to the point uh, when you fall asleep, and tomorrow morning when you wake up, please uh, don't forget to resume uh, your mindfulness, and then let the mindfulness um, unfold in a continuous manner uh, throughout uh, your first morning uh, sitting and uh, breakfast, and then shortly after breakfast uh, we'll meet Satna here in the meditation hall. Also, please try to, right away from the very beginning of the retreat, try to perform all activities as Satna slowly as possible and do try to restrain your senses, especially the eyes, but also the ears, also the arms, as much as you can. And Allow me to conclude uh, this shorter um, opening talk by uh, wishing. May you apply the Buddha's Satna instructions on mindfulness and Satna, many other related Satna instructions as much as possible in your own meditation practice. May the Buddha's teachings inspire you to go further and further and ultimately may it lead to the realization of the peace of Nibbana, hopefully in this very retreat. And this is it for now. And it's time to go to bed.